Good morning. I'm Jack, for those of you who don't know. Um, Caroline and I have um, been out for a couple weeks, so it feels really good to be back. I don't normally do this, but I'm starting to do this more often to where I can't say that anymore. So, um, yeah, so the series that we've been in has been around the Ten Commandments, and CJ has been walking through every week, and so I get the pleasure of giving him a break. Um, we've been looking at God building an ethic for his people through the Ten Commandments. And this is week nine, nine out of ten. So as, as we um, continue the series, we're headed towards next week, which is going to be really interesting, but next week is what? Easter Sunday, so you guys got to come back next week because it's Easter, and you got to bring a friend and your family and your family's family and your family's friends because because it's Easter, it's like the one the one week every year that um, you can get your friends to come to church with you, so please invite somebody next week. Um, it's going to be a really special, special Sunday, and it's going to be interesting because we're going to talk about do not covet on Easter. So that'll be really, really cool. This morning, if you will turn with me um, to Exodus 20, we will read the scripture today, and then we'll just dive right in. Sound good? All right. Exodus 20, 16 says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your commandments that build an ethic for the way we should live our lives. And I pray now that as we dive into this specific one, you would um, soften our hearts and open our eyes to you, to truth, and to the reality in which we can live. Amen. I have a distinct memory as a kid. Um, I'm playing outside at my grandparents' house, and when you're a 10-year-old and you're by yourself, you play games that probably isn't the smartest idea. So I am throwing a golf ball against a brick wall and having it bounce back to me just because that was a fun thing to do. Um, and I'm probably just playing this game, maybe a solid 30 minutes to an hour, just what, it was the 90s, <laughs> early 2000s, I'm not on my phone, there's no phone, I have a golf ball in the backyard, so, um, <laughs> sooner or later, there is a golf ball sized hole in a window, um, and when my grandfather comes out and asks, because he obviously hears the shattering of glass, um, he asks how this golf ball-sized hole got in the window. I didn't know how it could have possibly gotten in the window. I didn't know how the window could have broken. Um, definitely wasn't my fault. <laughs> Who here has never told a lie? 
just waiting for someone to oust themselves. Um, we got them. I'm just kidding. That story, that story of me, you know, as a kid, and I, I think about it, think about the sense of shame tied up in that, or the sense of, like, covering myself up, because, like, I don't want to get in trouble, like, I feel like this specific commandment tied up in lying, and a little bit more to it than that, but this is something that all of us experience, all of us have told a lie, um, and it's interesting how easy it becomes to let this just become part of our lives, right? So the language that the scripture uses is do not bear false witness against your neighbor. And that sounds very like courtroom language, right? It doesn't explicitly say do not lie um, because I think bearing false witness can mean some other things as well. So in scripture, if we look ahead to Deuteronomy, it gives an example of a false witness. Um, When someone was on trial for something, for a crime or a sin committed, they would bring out two witnesses. And based on the testimony of the witnesses, is the judge would bring judgment and they would declare that this person was guilty, not guilty. Um, But it gives specific instruction in Deuteronomy that if a witness gives false information, they would actually receive the same punishment as the person who was on trial. Um, So taken very seriously, if if I'm a witness and let's say that I know that if, if CJ, my neighbor, is on trial, and I'm able to gain something out of him, going, maybe I'm going to gain his land or whatever, and he's on trial, they're going to put him away, and I give false information so that he gets stoned to death or whatever it might be um, in the time. Obviously, that's deceit from me trying to gain something, but ultimately, I would receive the same punishment that he would because there was false information given, right? So this is very, a very serious matter in Scripture. When I mention lying, I'm going to give a list here, but it can be a lot of things. Um, and as I, as I was preparing for this and thinking through um, just lying in general, I don't think I ever sat down and thought, how easy it is to lie. Lying could be a white lie. Lying could be a broken promise. It could be fabrication of information. It could be a bold-faced lie, which is literally just, I'm telling a lie, the person I'm telling it to knows it's a lie, but I'm lying anyway. <laughs> that Exaggeration. Deception, plagiarism, which kind of goes back to stealing, a lie of omission, just conveniently leaving out information to make it sound a different way, denial, minimization, and it could even be a lie of error, 
a lie that we didn't intend to tell, right? Giving information, and it turns out that information was wrong. With so many, so many ways of lying, it's easy to see how almost it really depends on how our heart is postured, right? We had a really good conversation in our fold group, plug for fold group. Um, if you're not in a fold group, we have fold groups that meet every week, and the content of those groups are... The topic, so this week in fold group was about lying because we're talking about it this morning. Um, so you walk through that scripture personally and then you come to group and there's questions that kind of guide conversation um, and we discuss that as a group. So I'm a part of the Thursday fold group. We had a really good conversation about is lying ever moral or ethical? Um, in that, in that discussion, I think it is really interesting. There can be times where you might lie to, like, save someone's life. Or you might lie um, because of a dangerous situation. And I think there is a special grace for that. Those are exceptions. And those are, you know, like, I think God has grace for us. Do we, do we break one commandment so that we don't break another one? Something worth wrestling with. Something I've been wrestling with this week. As I was thinking through this topic, I was trying to get to the root of lying. Why do we lie? What is it that happens in a situation or a moment or a season that we feel a fabrication is better than the truth? Is it fear? Is it the thought that dealing with reality is harder than settling for a lie? We can lie for a lot of different reasons. The list of lie, the list of the ways that we lie are long. Um, the list of reasons is long too. We can lie to avoid punishment, to protect another person, like I just mentioned. We can lie to win admiration. We can lie to escape an awkward situation, however big or small. To avoid embarrassment or punishment. To maintain privacy. And in a very devious way, we can lie to exercise power over other people. When we lie, it does a few things. I think it's worth just kind of dwelling on that. When we lie, it breaks trust in relationships, right? And I've heard it said this way, trust is like, a bank account. It's really easy to go up to the ATM and press a couple buttons and money comes out. 
but it's much harder to put money in the bank. You have to get a job, you have to go to work, you spend time and effort to make deposits, right? It's a lot easier to withdraw trust than it is to build it. And two, there's another type of lie that we'll talk about in a minute, but the type of lie that breaks down our own self-worth. See, as we, the more we hear and believe lies, the more our mind is separated from reality. And the harder it is to get back to center in that reality. All throughout scripture, lies are condemned. Um, and I could give, we could walk through a ton of examples. I could spend the entire time just giving examples of when, when in scripture, the writer is saying that like lying is detestable, lying, it, all, the, all these things. I do want to give some examples because I found an, there's an undercurrent in, throughout the book of Proverbs where the writer or writers of Proverbs over and over is giving examples. And it's almost like this echo. There's almost a rhythm to it in different chapters of the book of Proverbs. So here's some, just some, some Proverbs for you. Proverbs 10 says, The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. Proverbs 12. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. And lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Proverbs 13. The righteous hates falsehood, but the wicked brings shame and disgrace. In 14, a faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness breathes out lies. A truthful witness saves lives, but one who breathes out lies is deceitful. Then in 19, a false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will perish. 21, the getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth will be full of gravel. What an image. And 24, be not a witness against your neighbor without cause. Do not deceive with your lips. A lying tongue hates its victims and a flattering mouth works ruin. And then in 25, it says, anyone who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a war club or a sword or a sharp arrow. And that's not all the Proverbs that deal with lying, but just to see there's an underpinning of this commandment in other parts of scripture, I think we can say that God cares a great deal about this and all the commandments, um, but specifically with lying, it's so easy to fall in this trap. I, I read, there was a study in 2015 between Duke University and in cooperation with University College in London, they did a study in psychology about lying and what they found is that 
in, the, in their case, over time, lying actually becomes easier. The more lies you tell, it's interesting because the more lies you tell, the more lies you have to tell, but the easier it becomes for the person, right? When you lie, you have to tell other lies to back that lie up. So there's almost this snowball effect to lying. You can see how easy it would be to go from the truth so far off in left field or um, just off the road. I've seen it in my own life. Whether for self-protection or keeping up an image or trying to manipulate a situation, there have been times that I have lied. And I think we could all say that. We can all say that. I think it's interesting when I, as, a, as a parent when I think about this too, we don't teach our kids to lie, you know? Caroline and I never sat Jet down and taught him how to lie. The opposite is true. We've like tried really hard to be a safe space for him to tell us anything. And there's still that area. This happened, it's funny, this happened yesterday. Um, I was kind of going over my sermon and he had, there's this tiny snow globe that he's had since Christmas, and he wants to play with it all the time. Drops it all the time, just plays with it with other toys, and they're not, like, it's much more fragile than, like, the other toys he's playing with, but he doesn't care. He's four. Um, Caroline was taking a nap yesterday afternoon, and he was playing while I was kind of going over my notes, and I hear a shatter on the ground near our door. And he says, Daddy, oh, no. I need to show you something. And so I go over there. I was like, what, buddy? And then I, I, I see that he broke the snow globe. First, I just want to make sure that he's not hurt or anything. Um, but then he looks to me and he says, don't tell mommy. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's because the, the amount of times that we've told him, don't drop it. You're going to break it. Don't, you know, like, um, but it was just interesting to me, like, in that moment, his reaction was to hide. And, and I, I talked to him, you know, like, I was like, no, we're not going to hide it. When mommy wakes up, we'll go tell her. And he did. He, like, the first thing he said to her when she woke up was, mommy, I got to tell you something. I broke the snow, you know. Um, but even at such a young age, like, we as humans have the tendency to cover ourselves. We can go back to the beginning. You see it in the garden, right? When Adam and Eve have sinned, they try to hide. They tried to cover themselves. Other thing, aside from it ruining relationships... How many of us have believed lies about ourselves, right? Whether that be from 
outside influence or something we fabricated in our own minds. I think the world we live in and the amount of information we are inundated with today, we're just surrounded by things that aren't true. Whether it's um, misplaced senses of body image or success or the picture of what family's supposed to look like or the picture of when you're at this age, your life is supposed to look like this. And when you get there and it doesn't, your sense of self-worth can easily fall apart. And the reality is that we can't base our lives on everyone else around us. Because God has created each and every one of us uniquely, he's placed us all uniquely in a time and place, and he is weaving this beautiful tapestry of the world and all of our lives together. But it's so easy to compare. It's so easy to see the people around us and begin to believe a lie of, I'm not good enough. I haven't done enough. I'm not enough. I think God really hates lying. And I think God's desire for his people is honesty. We say this a lot, but God wants to know you. And he does know you more than you know yourself. And if we, if we desire to know God, to know his character, to have a relationship with him, this is very important. A, to not lie to the people around us, about the people around us. B, to not lie to ourselves, to not believe lies about ourselves. And then, to not lie to God. This commandment in building an ethic for the kingdom, God is teaching his people, it's not just the things that he doesn't want them to do, but it's how he wants them to live. And God desires us to live lives marked with honesty and truth. And this morning, that really that's my question for us is, is your life defined by truth? Do the people in your life, would they say, Jack is an honest person and his dealings are honest? This is far-reaching outside of these four walls. 
the businesses that we're involved with, are they honest? Do we cut corners at work to get a quicker result? Do we, if we're selling something, do we hide certain, don't look at that part of the car, or like, you know, like, do we hide certain aspects of things to get what we want? Or do we approach them honestly, open-handedly even? And I would even ask us, I would ask all of us, myself included, to wrestle with this. Are we as Christians marked by honesty? How does the world see us? Because the reality is we should be the bearers of all these commandments, right? Christians should be the most honest people to work with to interact with, the bearers of truth and light, right? Because if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, if he is the way, if he is the truth, then he is reality. And the only way for us to be Centered in reality is to be centered in Christ. And if our lives are marked by Jesus, they will be marked by truth. This is hard, though, because how easy lying is. The only way that we can know God that we can have a meaningful, deep relationship with him. And the only way we can be known by people to have deep and meaningful relationships in our lives is through vulnerability. Vulnerability and honesty will lead to transformation in your life. Because the only way to be transformed is to be honest. If you're a believer this morning, then you've seen that. You have, if you're a believer, then you have been in a place before where you were honest and you saw that you needed Jesus' Savior. You were honest about the sin in your life and the need that you had. And you made that decision through vulnerability. And because of that, your life has been transformed and is continuing to be transformed. So how do we do this, right? It seems obvious, and it kind of is, but... I think we practice it by practicing the truth. When something happens and you feel uncomfortable, tell the truth. <laughs> um, when you're backed into a corner, tell the truth. I think we can believe lies in a way that 
in a moment of frustration or anxiety or fear, we can see a lie as an easy way out of that situation. But what it does is it leads us into deeper and darker paths, right? We as Christians, as followers of Jesus, need to practice truth. This morning, maybe, maybe you, you've had a relationship that has been hurt because of lies, because of dishonesty or manipulation. Maybe this morning you would be honest and say, you've lied. As we respond this morning, I would challenge you to confess that. And if appropriate, confess it. If the person's in here, confess it to them or um, confess to one of our ministry team members. Maybe this morning you've been believing lies about yourself. Again, I would challenge you to confess that. Because when we confess the lies that we've been believing about ourselves, and we're honest about it, we're vulnerable about that. We can allow someone to speak truth in our life and we can replace that lie with truth. And then maybe, maybe this morning, some of you have been believing lies about God. Again, I would ask you to confess. Share those questions. Allow yourself to be open to truth. Because the, the only way that we're gonna live lives marked by truth, defined by truth, is if we live lives of vulnerability, we live lives in community, and we live lives that are centered on scripture and centered on Jesus. So this morning as we respond, that's my challenge. I'm gonna pray for us and as we um, continue in a time of singing and worship, use the time however you feel led by the Spirit. You can spend the time in prayer if you need to talk to someone, um, CJ's here. I'll be in the back. Um, grab someone if you need to. Receive prayer and receive truth this morning. But what I want us to remember is that it's so easy to let our lives just slip into lies. Because they start off so small, right? But as lie leads to lie, 
it can get bigger and bigger and bigger. Let's pray. God, we come to you this morning asking for forgiveness, asking for your truth to surround us. God, I pray this morning that we would be honest with you, we would be honest with ourselves, and we would be honest with those around us. Soften our hearts. Open our eyes to the ways that we've fallen short of your glory, Lord. Fill us with your truth. Amen.